0: Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 226. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring
1: story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And
0: now, your host, John Dumas. Cha-ching. Was that the sound of free audio content from Audible.com Fire Nation? it was. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. GoToMeeting with HD Faces is the powerfully simple way to meet and collaborate with your team online. Try it free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code FIRE. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, David Hassel. David, are you prepared to ignite?
1: Yes, I am.
0: All right. David is founder and CEO of 15.5. 15.5 helps organizations address the most common communication challenges that stand in their way, helping to surface problems, celebrate wins, discover great ideas, and stay in tune with morale. I've given Fire Nation just a little overview, David, but take a minute. Tell us about yourself. We want to get to know you. And then tell us about your business.
1: All right. Yeah. So I've been an entrepreneur, gosh, for as long as I can remember. Right. Um, most recently, I started a company right out of college in 1998 doing internet advertising technology based in New York City. And I, you know, I got into that business because <clears throat> I was really interested in the dynamics of online advertising, entrepreneurship, starting a business, etc. <clears throat> but realized after about five or six years, you know, I had just no heart in it. So <clears throat> kind of as an interim thing, I, I started a, a kite surfing travel company down in northeast Brazil in uh, 2004 and ran that for a bunch of years and then found myself in the Bay Area. Uh, yeah, so kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. You could say that, uh, <clears throat> you know, my first business was, Really following the money and no passion. My second business was following the passion, and as it turned out, there's not much money in that. <laughs> uh, so you know, it took me about a decade to realize that you don't have to choose between the two; um, that you really can have both. And I think that fifteen um, five is the came out of that 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 uh, you know aha moment for me in realizing that I could find a business that was deeply aligned with my values and my passion and the kind of impact I wanted to have in the world uh, that could be a really successful, sustainable business, but was also something I just absolutely loved to do, was helping people the way I wanted to help people, and uh, and you know, really a combination of those two things.
0: I think that's a really powerful lesson for the listeners to jump onto here and truly really hold onto is that some entrepreneurs are just lucky to have passions that can truly be directly translated into viable businesses. And some entrepreneurs just don't. You have to work a little harder. But if you do work harder, you can find that happy medium or the combination that makes it worthwhile. And David, you're obviously a living, breathing example of that. So I commend you for that. And we're going to dive well into 15.5 and everything it's all about and how that does resonate with you and your authentic self. But Before we do, we love starting Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote to get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away, David.
1: The success quote that I've got was actually I came across fairly recently, but it's had such an impact for me. I've really, uh, it it comes up in my experience almost every day uh, that I remember it. And it's a quote by Paulo Coelho, who, who wrote The Alchemist, amongst a number of other books. And he said, the reward of our work is not what we get, but who we become. And I really see, you know, if I look back at my own entrepreneurial journey, um, each of these chapters of my life in working through these businesses had me almost transport me from you know David 1.0 to David 2.0, uh being like almost like a completely different person with new skills, new experiences, new new ways to to interact with the world and to be successful. And so, you know, I, I look at, you know, currently my, my current work with fifteen five is, is, is this is an opportunity for me to deliver a ton of value in the world based on, uh, you know, what I know to date, but also to become the entrepreneur that I want to become in the process.
0: Very cool. And if you could just bring it down to the ground level and share an actual experience that you had, where you have applied this quote to your everyday life, what would that be?
1: So one of our core values, um, at, at, uh, at fifteen five is maximize our zone of genius, and um, one of my uh, one of my uh, interns called me up and said, "Hey, you know, he's been doing some remote work, and said I want to I want to move out to San Francisco and uh, work for you for the summer." And I said, "All right, well, well, let's talk about that." I said, "I don't I don't know what our priorities are going to be at that time because we you know we do these strategy sessions every three months." I said, "But um, what I would like to do is." offer you the opportunity to figure out what is your zone of genius? What are your unique gifts and talents? And then let's find a way for you to to work in that and practice that and apply that to the business so he can become, um, you know, kind of – Through through his work, you know, become who he wants to be as an entrepreneur, as an aspiring entrepreneur, and and to take a step back, the you know the underlying why and purpose for fifteen five is to help individuals and organizations reach their highest potential. And when we say that, we don't just mean our customers, but also our employees and anyone else who comes in contact with us, anyone who you know listens to our philosophy and you know is, is kind of moved by the business in a way. So. Uh, you know, that applies to obviously, uh, our, our intern here, Jared. And so what I did is I put him through a program of three months of kind of doing some self exploration and taking tests and doing some thinking and talking to people so he can get clear on, you know, what that is for him, where are his unique strengths. Uh, and, and, and so that we can then apply that to the business and help him, you know, develop those further through the work and doing the work with us. So that's an example of, you know, something that came out of just knowing that quote.
0: Mm, Love that insight. So, David, let's transition to our next topic, which is failure. And for entrepreneurs, we fail every single day on so many levels. But you're our spotlighted guest. You're our spotlighted entrepreneur today. So take us back on your journey to a time when you failed or when you Faced a major challenge and/or obstacle that you had to overcome, and how did you overcome that? You know,
1: this is an, this is an interesting one. As I was I was thinking through uh, this question, you know, I was really thinking about you know some 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 things that I would point to that are like this was a major failure in my life, and, and there have been those points, right? But but something else emerged that I think is even more. Uh, was more profound for me, and it, it's more of an internal challenge. Uh, and it was right before we launched uh, fifteen five to the public, which was a little over a year ago in March. Uh, it was actually toward the beginning of that year, and I'd been pushing, pushing, pushing on the business for you know the first year of its existence, and 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 just doing everything myself. And you know, sure, I had a team, but in my mind, it was like this is my business, and I'm doing all this work, and, and delegating to people. And I just bumped up against my own limitations and I was frustrated that we weren't making, you know, better progress. And, you know, round about new year's I said, you know, what is, what is wrong here? Why am I, you know, why am I so stuck? And I, and I, I realized it's because I, I just was trying to do everything myself and it was all, you know, it was all me. And so I made a commitment in that moment and, you know, I had this, you know, you know, realization that you know, this business isn't about me. It's actually, it's actually about we. It's actually about all the people who are <laughs> involved in fifteen five, and that I could, you know, kind of take a step back and ask for more help. Um, and when, as soon as I did that, I engaged my team in that kind of thinking and made it about us. You know, it was, it was, it was me. It was our team. It was our investors. It was our advisors. You know, all these people started showing up in a whole new way, and the business just like hit massive traction.
0: I love that. Now, David, if you could just really clearly pull out one lesson from that entire experience to just really extrapolate, what would that be?
1: I think there's a mentality specifically in um, you know in the U.S., and I think it's a fallacy. Most people see these individ- these entrepreneurs as like rugged individualists, like right. the Lone Ranger, right? And and they don't realize that anyone who's gotten to any level of stature and success. Guaranteed had a really powerful team behind them and with them, and um, you know we we love to celebrate that individual, and the, and the mistake is that we try to emulate what we think we see, and it's not in line with what reality is. Um, so I think the key lesson there is to realize that you can't do it alone. Uh, you need to be surrounded by great people, uh, whether it's your team, advisors, you know, other thinkers. If you're reading books and whatnot. Um, but but, just to understand that you're you know you're a piece of the puzzle and a very very important piece, especially if you're you're the one the vision holder and the one uh you know out there you know sh- spearheading spearheading the mission, but you know just being open to uh, allowing other people to contribute and really be you know part of the team um, and almost on you know on par really uh with you
0: such. Wise words, David. And I just love that because it's a perfect segue to our next topic, which is the other end of the spectrum, that aha moment. Now, this was an aha moment of sorts for you that you just shared with us that came out of that failure, that challenge, that obstacle that you were facing and just butting your head against. But share with Fire Nation a light bulb that went on at some point in your journey when you really were resonating authentically with this moment, this idea and how you turned it into success
1: probably about five or six years ago, I think it was 2007. I, I uh, was a member of, I've been a member of this uh, organization called EO. It's the entrepreneurs organizations, global network of, of non, you know, <laughs> global network of CEOs who support each other. And, um, They brought in this guy named Simon Sinek, who nobody had heard of at the time, uh, to speak. And he gave this talk about, you know, start with why. And a lot of people have now seen his TED Talk. He's got 10 million views, you know, just in the past, uh, you know, this month. And it's all been viral and organic. And he has this really great message. If you haven't watched, I, you know, I I encourage everybody to watch his, you know, 15 minute TED Talk on the purpose and the reason of starting with why. But he shared an early version of that talk uh, at this event that I was at. And I was really moved. And it just stuck with me. And you know, a couple of years later, uh, I was in this transitionary period before fifteen five had started, and um, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I was, you know, coming up with all the whats. I was like, okay, I want to do a, a software business, and right. I want to focus on entrepreneurs, and I want to do this, and I want to do that. And I had this whole list of criteria, and it just wasn't really coming together. And I sat down one day. I said, you know what? I'm going to carve out a half half day. Sit. And I was renting this big house, this big mansion in San Francisco, with nine other entrepreneurs, and we had this really cool library. So, you know, I go into the library and I shut the door and I sit down. I've got my pad of paper, I got my computer, I'm ready to just like build the plan. And I'm sitting there on the couch, and all I could write down in big letters on the piece of paper was "why." And it wasn't what I expected the the day to go. Uh, you know, how, how wasn't how I expected the day to go. Um, and I just stopped, and I took a step, step back, and I said, "Wait a minute, why am I, you know, racing into this plan when I don't even know why I'm doing this?" And I didn't answer it in that moment. It was it was more of like a six month process of really uh, peeling back the onion and getting clear of t- as to. You know, what is it about me? What do I do in my interactions with people, regardless of whether it's, you know, building the business or I'm just with my friends or whatnot and trying to uncover, you know, that core thing that, you know, just really lights me up. And as I got clear, it's it's really, and it is really the fifteen five y of helping individuals and organizations reach their highest potential. I'm always in a conversation with people about, you know, where are they going? What do they want to do? You know, what are they passionate about? What's in their way? You know, how can I provide them with other contacts or uh, books or things that would help them on their journey? And I really wanted to build a business that um, would, would, would help do that on an organizational level. And once I got clear on that, then... You know, the plans for 15-5 and everything else just flowed from there.
0: So, David, let's go back to that moment when you're in that library and you have that one word, why, on that piece of paper. Just kind of share with us how you took that word, that moment, and over the next six months, what was the major lesson that you walked away with that really was a propeller to get you to where you are right now?
1: I'm not sure I realized how profound it was even then. It just seems to be like like a reservoir of energy. Like when you're connected to whatever that why is for you, like whatever that underlying passion is, and when you connect that to what you're working on and how you're communicating and everything else, uh, it, it, it's... Um, it, it just, it's, it's amazing the power it has to bring people together, to get people aligned on the cause, to, you know, have you be able to, ha- to have the energy to push through, you know, the, the, the tough challenges, you know, we've, we've been working on rebuilding our product for the last six months and, you know, it's just so exciting, but it's taking six months, you know, nice. you know to be able to stick with something for that amount of time and still be, you know, wake up every morning and just be so excited. Um, I think you have to have that underlying purpose. I think if you're just doing it for some outcome, um, for some you know, for some financial reward or something else, I, I see it time and time again, and I've, I've experienced it myself. Uh, y- you can just end up really depleted, and and even if you get to that point, you may you may then you know it may not bring you the, the satisfaction you thought it was going to.
0: So David, let's just kind of drill into that point real quick, because we do see that so much when the financial goal is is the focus. Tell us a little bit about that and maybe a story that goes along with that.
1: One of the tough things about being an entrepreneur is, um, is being committed to the vision and being committed to the outcome. Um, but then just letting that go and focusing on you know, being your best self and doing what you know to be true and, and doing the best work you can in the moment, because ultimately, you know, oftentimes many of those outcomes are, are out of our out of our control anyway. Um, and so, you know, what I've seen in a lot of friends is they have some big financial goal They're You know, they're really excited about hitting that and then their life's going to be great. And so they sacrifice, 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 and they're, you know, they're in it and, and either it happens or it doesn't. And maybe, maybe that brings them some brief satisfaction or not. But the majority of that time leading up to that goal, um, the, the potential and possibility there is that can actually be the best time of your life. Um if you're connected to, you know, really building something that's aligned with your passion. And so, you know, I I look at it as, you know, yes, we we have we have you know, big vision and big dreams, and we want to impact the world, and we want to be in you know uh, tens of thousands of companies and millions of people uh, with fifteen five in the next five years, and uh, you know, and I've got a great strategy and a great team and, and everything else. But you know what? You know, we can't control the you know the outcomes. I mean, certain things can you know certainly happen to knock us off our path. But um, but I but I do know for sure that five years from now we're going to look back and say, "Wow, that was the best work we of our life."
0: Great insights, David and throughout your life you've had many moments you've done many different things. Have you had an i've made it moment
1: i've had a couple of them in the process of building uh, this business um, This was the first time that I was able to kind of combine the the concept of of why i'm doing something with with my passion with a business that has you know the potential to really impact millions of people's lives and uh, you know we've just gotten some some really great press recently like uh, last June ink magazine you know just called me up I mean this doesn't happen Inc magazine called me up and said we love what you're doing we want to write about you and they said you know they wrote this article calling fifteen uh, five a must-have best way to keep track of employees uh, and then and then and then last week fast company uh, did something similar and they said you know fifteen five it's the the most important 15 minutes of your work week you know and so when these things have kind of come out, and, and I see how people are excited by what we're up to, and, and how they're talking about it, and it's really resonating, um, you know, those those two in particular have been like, "Wow, you know, we've really done this. We've really uh, kind of taken this from from the vision, you know, really honed in our, our why and our values, and uh, and and, it, and it's working." And, um, you know, and it's, it's, I've made it here and I, you know, there's still like a, I'm sure I'll have these as we keep progressing uh, further on and we have a much bigger vision than, you know, where we're at right now. But, but, uh, but yeah, so those, those are probably uh, the two.
0: Well, those are great I've made it moments and the ripple effect of something like that can be incredibly powerful, which is why they are I've made it moments on so many levels. For instance, that's how I found out about you and knew that I would love to have you as a guest on Entrepreneur on Fire. And, you know, that's continuing to spread the love of 15.5. I mean, we're getting over 200,000 unique downloads every month in over 145 countries. So, you know, from Inc. magazine to Entrepreneur on Fire, you're going to continue just to spread the 15.5 love across the board and be picked up in different demographics by people who just use different mediums to get their information and to learn about things. So it's incredibly powerful.
1: Yeah, isn't that great? So, and, uh, you know, and that's, uh, <clears throat> and again, I really do think it goes back to that why and Simon Sinek. You know, we'll say that, um, you know, when you start with why, you know, it, these things become a movement. People catch on to them and, and it really, and the story starts to spread and people join the cause and and uh, we're, we're seeing something very similar.
0: I love that. And one thing that we always talk about, David, on Entrepreneur on Fire is the journey and the importance of reaching these milestones and these, quote unquote, I've made it moments and really appreciating them because they are accomplishments that need to be appreciated because these are the best days of our lives on so many levels. So, are you enjoying your journey?
1: Oh yeah, it's uh, it is so rewarding. Um, you know, I'm just really, I'm really blessed to work with such a fantastic team. Um, everybody on my team is. First and foremost, working on fifteen five because they believe in our our cause and 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 the impact that we can have, um, and and the money is secondary. And uh, it's it's uh, it's really a unique experience to um, to work in an environment like that. Um, so uh, you know, I think uh, I was re- recently reading uh, Ray Dalio, who's the founder of Bridgewater, a big hedge fund in New York, had published a PDF on his his principles, his life principles, and he said, you know, I didn't start out you know, with a goal of becoming a billionaire, but he did. And he said, you know, what I wanted was to work on meaningful work and meaningful relationships. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of truth to that for me. Um, you know, I get a lot of joy and and deep satisfaction from knowing that I'm working on meaningful work, uh, with great people and building meaningful relationships in the process.
0: Powerful stuff, David. So let's move into your current business right now. We've been kind of brushing lightly over some of the topics that 15.5 does and the different products and services and everything that it can offer and really baseline down level, how it can improve a lot of different things about a lot of workplaces. But take a couple of minutes right now and just share with Fire Nation your vision of 15.5 and your vision of the future.
1: Yeah, great. Let me let me give you just a, a, you know, a quick background on, on what the product is and how it came to be. Yeah. And then I'll tell you where we're going. So, um, I heard about this process a few years ago, and it was something that the founder of Patagonia, Yvonne Chouinard, who's someone I really admire as a businessman, had come up with back in the mid '80s uh, as a way to know what was happening in his company, even when he was climbing mountains and surfing half the year. So. Here he was this, you know, first and foremost mountain climber, started selling climbing tr- equipment out of his pickup truck so he could, you know, basically keep climbing. It was a lifestyle business and evolved into what is Patagonia today, but he built the business around his lifestyle as opposed to the other way around. And instead of trying to fit his lifestyle into the business, and furthermore, he built the business based on a set of really clear values about, you know, taking care of the planet. He's like the, he's almost like, he was almost like a businessman by accident, but hugely successful. And um, the concept he had was he, he needed a way to make sure that all the employees of Patagonia felt engaged, like they had a voice, and he needed to know what was going on even when he wasn't around. And he's like a really eschewed technology. You know. Even to this day, I don't think he has a, a cell phone or a computer um, and, uh, or an email account. And so he'd have each employee in the company spend 15 minutes a week Writing a report that takes their manager no more than five minutes to read, around all the things that were important to that employee, like what's working for them, what are their challenges, uh, any new ideas they have that they want to, they they want to suggest to improve the company, or how they're feeling and what morale's like, and and those that that information would be passed to a manager who would then take the most important bits and pass it on to another to their you know the executive level, and at the end of the week without having to do anything, he'd get updated you know, with all the most important stuff coming up from the company. And I thought this was just a brilliant, um, uh, cause I'm i I'm a big kind of productivity guy. So I thought this was brilliant in terms of like having something that's super efficient, but to, to where the, you know, the, the signal to noise ratio was really, really high. You're getting, key key information with without a lot of distraction so as a manager and executive you can log in you get you know total visibility of what's happening with your teams and even deeper in the company as an as an employee you don't have to spend much time but you have an outlet where you can really share what's going on for you and uh, and, and and feel like the company cares about you and that they're you know they they care what you have to say and that you're really a part of the team and so working on it from both angles i saw the potential so Um, You know, as we become more and more geographically distributed in terms of our working, as we as we get more inundated with over communication on social networks and email and everything else, we're actually squeezing out the time typically for these types of meaningful discussions, even if, you know, most managers don't have time to do one on ones with all their employees all the time. And so, um, you know, a lot of companies decide, well, all right, we'll do an annual employee survey. And so they ask their employees once a year what's going on. And in the way business moves right now, it's you just you just can't you know you, you can't steer the ship if you're asking once a year. I even heard about a public company that only does an employee survey once every two years, um, which is just you know, mind blowing <laughs> to me. It's baffling. So we figured, hey, let's take the you know concepts of like agile philosophy and do lightweight employee feedback on a weekly basis. So people build these trusted, authentic, open relationships. You can engage in meaningful conversations. It doesn't take much time, and it essentially, like flattens the hierarchy. If you're in a you know, if you're all in the same space, and or brings people together if you're distributed around the world. So um, you know that's the vision, and all in the purpose of like, how do we make help companies achieve their highest potential? You know, by reducing and taking away the communication friction, so everyone's on the same page. Everyone feels like they're part of the team. Everyone's heard, and the best ideas are shared, and morale stays on track. And, and you know, and, and you, you know, you know, the culture is like solid. So, so that's what we're up to. Um, our vision for the company. You know, we've only been out about a year. So, um, you know, we we announced the product last March. Uh, we opened the doors for business last June first. So it's it's not even uh, twelve months yet got hundreds of amazing companies who have signed on as, as customers, um, and, uh, and uh, the, the uptick has been phenomenal on our first product. Uh, and, and so what we've been working right now is like taking all the learnings we've gotten from our, our current customers, building a, just a phenomenal uh, 2.0 product that's just got the most gorgeous UI, uh, taken away a lot of the key friction points that we've discovered in the in the first iteration, and we'll be releasing that over the summer. Um, and then we're looking to really, you know, grow this. We w- we want fifteen five to be you know, a household name in business. I think, you know, we're finding that every organization who, who uses it benefits. Whether we have we have, you know, major corporate Fortune five hundred corporations, we've got small small, you know, small uh, Silicon Valley startups like Path and Get Around and TaskRabbit, you know, big companies like Glaxo Smith and Ralph Lauren and you know companies like that. And then we've got you know universities and nonprofits and. Churches and all sorts of, you know, all sorts of organizations who are getting tons of value. So, um, you know, our vision is to, you know, have this, this be uh, really like a paradigm shifting way of people uh, communicating and staying in touch in a really lightweight and efficient way on a weekly basis.
0: Wow. So David, can you pull out one of those great examples that you've just listed off and share with us how a company's come to you and said, hey, we've utilized 15.5 in this way and it's done this?
1: Yeah. Actually, Warby Parker is a good case study. Um, <clears throat> uh, they make a uh- They've kind of decided to shake up the the eyeglass industry, realizing there were a few, you know, few folks in the eyeglass industry who kind of had a monopoly and were selling these things for a lot of money. Now you can buy these great glasses for ninety five bucks online, and so they they implemented fifteen five early on company wide, and uh, and you know they're really they're just such a cool innovative company. And realize that and and you know and this is something I talk about quite a bit too, is that innovation can come from anywhere in the organization. Um, every single human being has a, has a unique perspective based on their past experiences, what they 're passionate about, what they 've studied, what they 've been interested in, where they 've worked where they 've lived, all this kind of stuff and and, and that 's just gold because everybody has a, a different perception. Of the world, we notice different things. We, you know, if you and I are in the same room, you know, yeah, we're in the same room. It's the same reality. But I'm looking at different things than you are. And if we were to have a conversation, we'd we'd learn about each other. Yeah. So how do you how do you engage all of your employees as opposed to like leaving it up to one or two innovators or the people at the top to to you know kind of come up with some of these innovative ideas? Uh, and so they've used fifteen five as a tool to do that. You know, to to, to reach out to. Um, you know, all their employees on a weekly basis, and have them start to think and share about, you know, uh, really cool innovations. And and they've gotten, you know, a, a slew of different things that have that have changed the business just from these ideas that are bubbling up.
0: Exciting stuff, David. So, Fire Nation. Sometimes the people we work with aren't always the people we see every day, making it easy to lose track of what's going on. That's why I want to talk about GoToMeeting with HD faces the powerfully simple way to meet online and see each other face-to-face. With GoToMeeting by Citrix, your team is just a click away, allowing you to share the same screen and collaborate in real time. I use GoToMeeting when I want to share a new program with my team. It's an effective way to walk my team through the program step-by-step and answer questions on the spot, saving me both time and money. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code FIRE. Remember, promo code FIRE. GoToMeeting. Meeting Meeting is believing. So, Fire Nation, I speak from personal experience when I say that Audible.com is the place to go for your next audiobook. Audible.com features a library of thousands of audiobook titles, for you to choose from in a ton of different genres. You can download individual audiobooks or sign up for the Audible Listener Program, which gives you book credits each month for one low monthly fee. And when you download an audiobook over at audible.com, you can access it from several different devices, not just one. Enjoy your audiobooks on your PC, burn them onto a CD, or upload them to your iPod or any other MP3 device. Audible.com and Entrepreneur on Fire would like to thank you for listening to today's episode by offering you this. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com/fire. That's slash fire So David, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning rounds and this is where I provide you with a series of questions and you come back at us Fire Nation with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. (laughs) All right. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Oh, gosh. You know, I think it's probably similar to most people, and it was definitely fear. Um, You know, although I started young. I was 23, and I was like, oh, gosh, you know, I've got this, you know, great job out of college and making all this money. You know, I'd have to, you know, move back in with my parents, and, you know, how am I going to make this work if I, you know, if I start this company? And, uh, one of my parents' friends who was an entrepreneur himself, I went to meet with him and he said, look, you know, you've got, you know, you've got two opportunities in your life, uh, when you have, you know, really no obligations besides yourself. It's like now before you kind of get your career and family started, you know, and after your kids go off to college, he said, so if you're going to do it, you better do it now unless you want to wait 30 years, uh, which I, I don't necessarily, necessarily agree with. But now, uh, cause I, I do think there are opportunities to, you know, kind of build a bridge, um, but at the time, I was like, "Whoa! I better get on this." And said, "Well, what do I really have to lose?" Um, and when I thought about it, I didn't really have that much, and I, I had a great, you know, kind of fallback. And so, you know, I moved into my parents' basement, invited three other people to move in with me, and uh, and we started the company on, uh, you know, on, on no money, and then we raised a little bit of money. But but that was it. It was just kind of you know, make it's just taking that leap of faith and getting over that initial you know fear instinct.
0: See, that's just great advice because so many entrepreneurs or I should say entrepreneurs, just have this idea about what failure would look like and they just see like destitution and poor and scrounging on the street and everybody just kind of spitting on them as they walk by. But if you really actually analyze and you sit down and you say, you know, what is the worst case scenario right now? It's never really that bad. And so when you really do that and you do sit down and actually consider it and think about it and it takes away some of that fear some of that anxiety and maybe allows you what you need to push forward so thank you for sharing that
1: yeah you're welcome and i haven't met a uh, even entrepreneurs i know who have you know tried and failed which is great learning experience for the next venture i haven't met any of them who ended up homeless on on the street
0: exactly so david what's the best advice you've ever received
1: that's a great question I, you know i was thinking about this recently, um, I got to say there's one in terms of productivity that just changed my world uh, about a year and a half ago and has, like, tripled my productivity. So I have to share it. Um, and uh, I used to um, have this mindset, like, i come in in the morning, and I'd open my email inbox, and I'd be like, oh, gosh, you know, I got to get all this stuff done, all these small little things done right, so that I can get to the big stuff and I don't have to worry about all these things not happening. And so what would happen is, of course, I never get to the big stuff. So I've always heard about this concept of, you know, put your rocks in first. And, you know, uh, Stephen Covey would say, you want to schedule the most important stuff throughout your week first and the other stuff filters in around it. And that makes sense to me, but I could never actually get it to reality. So I learned this simple, simple idea about using timers um, where now what I do is I start my day either doing four 25-minute work, work sprints with a five-minute break or two fifty 50-minutes with a 10-minute break. And what I'll do is I'll sit down and I'll say, for the next 50 minutes, I'm working on the most important thing in my day. And I have this timer next to my desk, and I just get into this amazing flow, single-tasking on one thing, and then when the timer goes off, I can look at my email and, you know, or take a walk or read a little book or something and, you know, get a bunch of those little things done. And and what it's done, it's just like a little mind trick, it's done two things. One, it's, it's gotten me to be like, okay, this isn't going to go on forever. And so I am going to have time to get all those other little things done. And by single tasking on just one thing for 25 minutes or 50 minutes or sometimes 90 minutes, uh, it's amazing what kind of flow you get into and how much work you actually get done. Uh, so that's just completely changed my life and, uh, uh, it was a great, great piece of advice.
0: Great advice. What's something that's working for you right now? Something working for me
1: right now. Um, I gotta say the, uh, you know, my team dynamic right now, we have a, we have a, a a really virtual team, um, but we set up a great structure for, uh, for focusing on the most important stuff. We have a really cool uh, shared spreadsheet with all our key metrics. So everybody can see you know, our revenue numbers and our different metrics around the business and all this kind of stuff. And then we have another tab on there where we're only allowed five things at a time, and they're called our Rocks. And, uh, every Monday we get on, we get on a call together and there's, there's four of us right now on the leadership team and we have our five rocks are up to five and we have, you know, a, an indicator on the left, whether it's green, yellow, or red. And so, you know, green means it's on track. It's going to get hit by the day, the date we said, or yellow, it's, you know, we're kind of unsure about it, red, it's in trouble. And we update that before the call. So we just all get on the call. We look at our rocks and we see where we're, you know, on track or not. And, um, and we just... We, we only allow us to focus on up to five big rocks at a time because I think that the, you know, focusing on more is, is, is not focusing. And uh, you know, it forces us to put things off that we think are really important, but they're clearly not as important as the five we chose. Uh, so we're always just working on really the most important things in the business. And so that's really working for us.
0: Powerful. Do you have an internet resource like in Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners?
1: First of all, I just love Evernote. I use it, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have I'm, to
0: say like Evernote, David, because everybody would then say Evernote. Say
1: Evernote. <laughs> oh, man, what a, isn't that amazing? Um, but I... One thing that's it's been huge for me is is optimizing my my email processing and my Gmail. So inside Gmail, I've set up all my uh, emails uh, my keyboard shortcuts so I can go from message to message to message. And there's a, a function where you can say, you know, don't don't bring me back to the inbox, just show me the next message. And I just go one to the next, so I'm totally focused on one at a time. But what's made it really awesome in that is there's a plugin called Boomerang. Um, where when you get to a message, you can say, I want to boomerang this back in my inbox in two hours, so it's kind of like snoozing it. Or when I send a message to you, I can say, boomerang this back to me if John doesn't respond in the next three days so I don't lose track of conversations. So that's one thing that's been amazing. And then combined with uh, one of two apps called Readability or Pocket, when I get to like, uh, a, an email that's like a, 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 <laughs> a newsletter or a blog post or something like that, And I don't want to, like, spend 15 minutes now reading. I can just zap it to that, and then it shows up on my iPad in a a reading list. And I can just read at my leisure when I'm in between stuff.
0: Cool. That's great, because, I mean, we can bookmark ourselves to death, but (laughs) we really need to find a better way, and readability sounds like it. Yeah, David, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? For entrepreneurs,
1: I think, you know, I, I, I struggle with one book, uh, and, and because I kind of view things in, in harmony with each other. So if you think about like, you know, for a business to be really effective, you've got to have both the visionary, which is, you know, where leadership skews and the pragmatic where management skews. And you need to be able to balance those two things. They need to be in harmony. And so f- for the leadership side, uh, the book Start With Why comes to mind. You know, knowing your, your purpose, your vision, you know, why you're in the business, how to communicate that and really, really, really getting that. You know, would be my kind of visionary book. The pragmatic book would either be Traction by Geno Wickman or The Rockefeller Habits by Vern Harnish. They're both both similar, but they're amazing like drop in structures for how to run your business and how to run your team really, really effectively. So, I think having both of those, knowing the why, and having a an awesome management structure uh, is is just essential for any entrepreneur.
0: Those are both great books. Fire Nation, you can get one of these books for free by going to eofirebook.com. It's a gift from Audible for Entrepreneur on Fire listeners, eofirebook.com. So David, this next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, and then come back at us with an answer. All right. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Wow,
1: thank God I have the laptop. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even need the $500. Um, the, uh, all I need is the laptop, food, and shelter, really. That's true. Uh, <laughs> um, first and foremost, I'd, I'd go find out where the entrepreneurs are um, and the people making stuff, and I'd go talk to them. Uh, and start to and start to make some friends, uh, because I've always found you know surrounding yourself with other entrepreneurs and getting in community. You know, it, first first I guess I should take a step back and say, of course, I'd be looking to create something, right? And uh, to create some sort of venture. And so you know, having that ecosystem and that community has always been essential for me. And then and then, secondly, going out and just just observing seeing how people operate, seeing how they're living their lives, look for, you know, look for things that aren't working so well, look for things that, you know, interview people and talk to them about their, you know, about their experience and, uh, and, and look for ways to, um, you know, potentially improve things. And from there, uh, you know, kind of go back to my entrepreneur group and, uh, and, and, and look for, uh, you know, build, build a quick advisory board.
0: David, you have given us some great actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, share how we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Again, I would just say, start with why, follow your passion um, be sure to make sure that, you know, play it out. You know, it shouldn't just be, you know, I I did a, I did a business that was just passion and didn't have a lot of, you know, kind of sustainability potential. Uh, so it is important to balance those two things, uh, and, and to see that, you know, it, it can be the kind of business that wants to, that, that, that'll, that'll create the lifestyle that you're, you know, that you envision. Um, but, 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 but be careful to follow, uh, what seems like a great business idea if it really isn't, tied to uh, who you are and what you're what you're passionate about and then in terms of finding me uh, you can uh, find me on twitter at dhassel d-h-a-s-s-e-l-l uh, my email is just dhassel at gmail.com if you want to email me or david at com, and then our website dot fivecom 155.
0: I love themes when they develop throughout Entrepreneur on Fire's interviews, and the Start With Why theme has been an amazing one. The listeners also know that they can find all the links and resources that you've mentioned today, entrepreneuronfire.com slash David Hassel. Thank you for being so generous with your time, David, your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. And now let's thank our five-star reviews, Tapu Punk, Z Bobby Boye T, Chicago Val, Brett C, Guy CM, Awesome Montana, Vivian VC, G.S. Spear, Jake Rocky, Leah Latina, and Jeff Connolly. Thank you so much for your support of Entrepreneur on Fire, and I look forward to thanking everybody who does the same. To all you inspired entrepreneurs out there, Are you ready to take your dreams and passions and ignite? If so, then Fire Nation Elite is for you. Fire Nation Elite is a mastermind that I have formed and will be leading. If you are in need of a tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs whose sole focus is to support, motivate, encourage, and hold accountable every member within, then Fire Nation Elite is for you. Go to firenationelite.com to find out more. That's FireNationElite.com. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.